this is one of those like really meet cutie things that you'd expect in a in a movie of some kind. The only thing that I dream of is for you to be dreaming of me. And the only thing that I long for is for you to long obsessively. Doesn't everybody want to be adult sometimes? That's all we're looking for, even though I know there's so much more to love. You're listening to The One, and I'm Robin Wilson. The One is a podcast that showcases everyday people and the love stories that make them unique. If you'd like to share your love story with me, please email me at lovestorypodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from you. My guests today on The One are Brandon and Danica, owners of Variant Edition Comic Shop and lovers of Doctor Who. These two are proof that the eyes locking across a crowded room trope is more than just a Hollywood cliche. Danica, why don't you start? Tell me three things that you love about Brandon. Um, well, I love his drive. I think he's passionate about a lot of things and it inspires me. And on the physical side, I love his beard. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he makes me laugh. And it's a, it's a real laugh. It's an honest laugh. I like that too. <laughs> so Brandon, what's three things that you love about Danica? Um, I, I really like her heart. Um, she's sometimes I would like to say overly compassionate, if that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> But very, uh, very focused on others and making others feel really good about themselves and all that, and that's that's really great. Uh, she does lift me up a lot in that in that sense too. Um, I love her smile. I love making her smile, especially those earned smiles that you can like you get personally and that other lesser people <laughs> don't. Um, <laughs> so that's really special to me too. And. There's there's lots, but it's all just kind of floating around in the ether right now. I guess the way that she looks at me, and the way that that makes me feel, it's very powerful. I'm witnessing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sweet. So, Brandon, how did you guys meet? Uh, we actually met at a friend's house who was throwing a Doctor Who finale party. This is one of those, like, really meet cutie things that you'd expect in a in a movie of some kind i had gone dressed up as the 11th doctor for funsies i had just started getting into doctor who danica went to a stranger's house that she met on the internet i didn't really know james yet i had met him once but i wasn't sure if i would know anyone else at that party but i made the leap and i'm glad i did well, me too <laughs> So I'm, I'm standing at the back of his place and the door opens and she walks in and she's untying her shoes and she looks up and... We both froze. Really? Yeah. We locked eyes across a room. I'm pulling my boot off so like I'm hunched over and I see this guy and I just freeze. I honestly think my heart skipped a beat. It might have helped that I was dressed up as the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like an instant connection? Oh, yeah. 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 We basically talked all night and nearly ignored everyone else at the party. (laughs) And so what was your first impression of Brandon? Um, As you were taking your boot off and locked eyes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, you know what's weird, though? I can't remember what I was thinking. 
I my brain. I think my brain just stopped. <laughs> it must have. It must have fi- figured out something subconsciously that I had not yet figured out for myself. But uh, definitely by the end of the night, um, I was like, I have to ask this man out. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not one to make the first move. And so you asked him out that night. I did. We were standing by the door. He was ready, so he had his coat on already. And he stood there for a couple minutes, looking quite awkward. Um, well, I got my, my jacket on, my boots on, and I was like saying bye to James, you know, thank you for inviting me, doing all the pleasantries. And he's standing there, and I totally know he's standing there. And then I'm ready, and he's like, would you like a ride home? <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, he's, he's said time. since then, <laughs> he's like, I don't even care where she lives, I will drive her anywhere. <laughs> Oh no, yeah, I just, I would be going in that direction probably anyways, because I need to drive you home. Yeah. So we're like chatting on the way home. We're both nervous wrecks. Um, I'm trying to play it so cool, being very bad at it, but I basically uh, ended the the car ride with, we should get some coffee sometime. (laughs) And then I was gone. (laughs) You private messaged me on Twitter like 10 minutes later. Uh, when I got home, um, I believe the message was, I want to play it cooler than this, but I can't. Uh, we need to figure out when we can go out right away. Uh, a little bit before that, as she's uh, walking out of the car all cool, I uh, see she gets in safe, she disappears towards the elevators, and I immediately do the double fist raise <laughs> in the air, in my car. <laughs> so, end up hitting my hands... <laughs> And being like, I'm so glad I waited to do that. Well played. Yeah. (laughs) Super cool. So I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, we are both super awkward. So I'm glad it worked out too, because we are not cool to be like with other people. (laughs) So when did the first date happen? Um, how soon after? About a week and a half after. Week and a half. Oh my gosh, that was agonizing. I remember that. A week and a half is agonizing when you really want to date someone. I also, uh, (laughs) my sister is a hairdresser and I needed to look really good. So I was just like, we should do this after Thanksgiving, saying that, well, it's busy because Thanksgiving and me in my head being like, I need to look super awesome. (laughs) So that she is just like, oh, look at this cool, awesome guy. He looks more handsome than I remember. (laughs) So. That worked. (laughs) So tell me about the first date. Um, We went to Urban Diner Mm -hmm. on High Street. And then we went for a walk on the promenade after. Yeah. And he... You know exactly what I'm going to say, do you? Yes, I do. Uh, He missed every, every single kiss me cue. (laughs) Every single one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In hindsight, they were very obvious. Yes. (laughs) Oh, we stopped on the promenade. We're looking out. Oh, she's looking at me. Wow, she's very pretty. Kudos on looking pretty, lady. (laughs) stopped four or five times within like four blocks i'm like oh the city's really nice tonight kiss me stupid and so then did you just take the initiative uh yes i didn't until we got back to my apartment but yes uh there was a first kiss at the end of our first date and he was shaking like a leaf Mm -hmm. it was very sweet I didn't want to kiss you wrong, otherwise you would not date me again. Apparently I <laughs> That was that was the thought in my head. Where I was like, <laughs> if I go to kiss her and it's terrible, 
then she's going to be like, well, that was dumb. <laughs> but you know what? It was perfect. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. It was the perfect first kiss. Yeah. <laughs> so what about the first time you had sex? How long did you guys wait? I think it was about three months. I had, well, I had similar feelings about uh, the, the first kiss. Oh, yeah, because it was like a hundred times more stress for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we were both really freaked out that we just do it wrong. We, yeah. we were taking things a bit slower just due to some past relationships and, mm-hmm. and uh, things like that, but they were going really well. A lot of good dates and, you know, just sort of progressed. It was really nice. <laughs> so was there discussion leading up to it or was it just like, okay, this is the right time? There was not. There wasn't really any discussion. It just sort of happened fairly organically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was discussion as to like waiting a little bit, but right. when it did happen, it just yeah. That's one of the things I found out about him really early is we could talk about anything. We were talking about um, our goals for the future, uh, our dream house, which amazingly sounded exactly, you know, very similar. The, uh, the house in particular was her asking like what what kind of house do you think you'd like that was a bit of a test i'll With admit <laughs> no context clues or anything and i'm just like right you got this <laughs> just say the things that you actually mean um nailed it <laughs> <laughs> and so it sounds like you guys sort of had a philosophy unspoken or or not maybe of no games you were just up front. I'm going to tweet you right away as soon as I get home because yeah. I like to. And I'm going to, it's just going to happen and I'm not going to worry about the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like three day rule or, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so do you guys have a signal to let the other one know when you're in the mood? Is there a look? Hmm. Yeah. We're both still pretty awkward. So you'd think that we would know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, most of the time it's fine, but some nights like the one of one or both of us are just not getting it. I don't know how <laughs> yeah, we usually some, figure it out. We usually figure it out, but it usually <laughs> it usually begins with like a bit of a surprise for the other person. It's like Oh. Oh yeah, okay. This is happening. Yeah. Yeah. To put it just like really weirdly. No, it's fine. Yeah. We're really weird. Yeah. But it works for us, so it yeah. actually it actually oddly became a part of our intimacy mm. was like the post laugh at something weird uh portion yeah i <laughs> love that mm-hmm. i kind of wish we still had the time for it <laughs> um but uh i find mm. yeah like definitely definitely these days with the the business that we just opened our time gets scrunched to the point where it's just like and now sleeping. Sleeping mm-hmm. would be wonderful. Yeah. Like, we snuggled for a good 10 minutes the other night, and it was, like, the greatest thing. Because <laughs> you just don't get the chance to do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. And you have to take those moments, or else you're going to forget who you are, you know, not just yourself, but as a couple. Mm-hmm. Very well put. <laughs> so who proposed? Ooh, I did. I did that one. Tell me about it. We'd actually talked about getting married, what, like, four or five months in... Oh, less time than that. Less like two months. That. Like when I mean we talked about everything, we talked about everything. So for me, honestly, it was a matter of affording a ring because that lucrative managing a comic store money doesn't really always uh, go for fancier things and a good place. And we ended up going on vacation to Connecticut, which we really wanted to do because fall in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Again, kind of revolving around Doctor Who a little bit. 
the premiere of series eight was being shown while we were on vacation. So we knew we would be at a place that would have it in the movie theater on that day. And I made a conscious decision to look at a good place to propose around there. So it was this great place called uh, Wickham Park in Manchester, uh, Connecticut. And Wickham Park has all sorts of different gardens. An English garden, a Japanese garden, I think Irish garden, and yeah, like three or four probably others. over a dozen themed gardens. And it's gorgeous. I uh, walked around, found a secluded gazebo, and hands vibrating... <laughs> <laughs> start going to my bag where I had hid the ring, even though she knew I was going to propose at some point during this trip. Yeah, I knew it would be this trip. And uh, I had carved out one of my old agenda books down to the day that we met and pulled out the pages and hid the ring in there and oh bound it up. <laughs> uh, so I'm just bringing out my agenda book and she's like, what are you doing right now? Because <laughs> he tricked me. He brought the ring box. So, and that was still in the suitcase somewhere, so I just assumed, and then he brings out his book, and I'm like, hmm, whoa, okay, and he opens it, and there's this gorgeous ring in it. <laughs> Sorry, back to you. So, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got down on one knee, and hands shaking, and uh, definitely crying, all the tears. We were both crying. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of shakily told her how much I loved her. And asked if she would marry me, and she said yes, and that was wonderful. Glad she said yes. <laughs> I was never going to say anything else. Mm. <laughs> so tell me about your wedding day. How long? How long did that happen into your relationship? Um, like you were talking see. wedding two months in. So how long oh, did yeah. it take? We got in, yeah, we got engaged after about a, a year and three quarters. Okay, yeah, I'm and then, then August. September, October, we got married on the day we met. So that we, well, not the day, uh, sorry, not the day we met, the day we started dating officially. That's officially. So, which was our anniversary is uh, the date of our third date. Because by the third date, I was like, I have to, I don't know, like. I believe the term you used (laughs) back in the day was, I need to lock this down. Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, how do I say this without treating him like an object? <laughs> and apparently there's no other way. So I basically went, no, I, I did the whole, will you be my boyfriend officially? And Half yeah. a second later, I was like, yes, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, like, no games, like you said before. On the wedding was either going to be, like, right away, which it was, mm-hmm. or a year-ish from then. Um, but we made the very conscious decision to... Not tell anybody. Uh, a lot of it's because, generally speaking, we can get a lot of anxiety and stress about uh, events. For, like, an extended period. Because I could foresee myself just having anxiety attack mm. after anxiety attack. Like, mm-hmm. considering most engagements are, like, a year and a half. Yeah. I, I knew I couldn't handle that. And so it was a very low-key wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. It was just us, and um, the photographer, the commissioner, and the commissioner's wife was our witness. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Did you do it in the city? Uh, In Banff. Um, I found a wedding planner online that did elopement packages, and so there was, like, kind of a hands-off experience, and it was perfect. She, uh, you know, emailed us back and forth, and we discussed things with her, and we figured out what we wanted, and we actually got, like, the last truly fall weekend in Banff, because the next week it snowed, 
And that yeah. would have also been beautiful as like a winter wedding, but I wanted an autumn wedding. Yeah. And we got the last one. Those so, pictures are great. Oh, I love our <laughs> wedding photos. I yeah. think they're so fantastic. <laughs> I had um, a sonic screwdriver as my bouquet. Perfect. That's a story, too. When we started dating, uh, she had gotten a sonic screwdriver from her friend, and I had just purchased the same one. And I had left mine in my carry bag for the entirety of our relationship. We got to our wedding, realized that we forgot to pack the sonic screwdriver, and I went, wait. (sighs) This happened for a reason. <laughs> I've had this here for a purpose. <laughs> so it was not just in my bag forever. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of worked out perfectly. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the reaction when you came home and told everybody? Uh, good. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly good. Um, I made my mom cry. Um, but she was super happy. Uh, and then I called my dad. And he's my dad. So he goes, well, that's nice. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I love you too. But um, it was really good. Your family w- took it really well. Surprisingly, my family was going to be the problem. Yeah, we were a little worried that they would come back at us. Uh, yeah, and um, fortunately for us, everyone was pretty cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danica, how does Brandon show you that he loves you? Gosh, in so many ways, every day. Um, he's kind to me and takes care of me. I often can't or won't take care of myself, so it's nice to know that I always have someone looking out for me, even in just the littlest ways. Oh, I'm remembering. How how early on in our relationship did I get sick? Um, before our third date. Yeah. So, so before we were official. It was like... Yeah, like in between the second and third date and I had a really bad cold and I was feeling really gross and you know, like you know you feel you're just like, Oh, I have to be cute for someone and I feel <laughs> awful And he brought me soup. And I mean he had no reason to, like You really tried to not have me come over. Well I felt and looked awful. <laughs> no. You were a cute boy and I had to be very pretty for you. <laughs> you were still very pretty. I was very, I was still very, very, very taken by you. Thank you. Mm. Do you guys have nicknames for each other? <laughs> um, a variety? Oh, you're going to make me say it. We, we, make, we make funny nicknames for each other. I'm going to say it. Yeah, do it. Okay. Lately, it's been Sweet Beans. But you have to explain it. Okay, yeah. It, <laughs> well, so uh, there was one time... I forget what we were talking about, and I had accidentally tried to say both, oh, that's sweet, and cool beans at the same time. And it came out as, sweet beans. Um, Which we started laughing about and then kind of riffing on until we came up with this couple who'd be like, hey, sweet beans, and then we just started doing it. It's actually a really adorable nickname, I have to say. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a very insular term of endearment. <laughs> One that kind of reflects on us just being able to have fun with each other, mm-hmm. even if we're being ridiculous. <laughs> Especially if we're being ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys own a business together, mm-hmm. and uh, you have two podcasts yes. that you do together. Yes. 
So you spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a time where you just think, I just don't even want to see your stupid face right now? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, there was a, a period of time when we were launching the store that uh, we were living about an hour outside of the city. And so it was the long commute plus working long because we're the store owners. Mm -hmm. So we're working all the hours. And near the end of that, it was just sort of like, we need to address the part where we're never apart. And we have actually kind of adjusted our schedules a bit so that we each have some time each day, basically. That's just Mm -hmm. us time. Once a week, I I watch my wrestling program. Yeah, we uh, kind of split our shifts apart, so I take the mornings and he comes in later in the day. So it's about, we have about a two-hour window uh, for each of us Mm -hmm. each day that we can just putz around and eat. Uh, Brandon can write and apparently watch wrestling. I can, like, clean the house if it needs it or make dinner or just veg out with Netflix for a bit and just zone out. But it's, I found it's good. I feel like we were getting... Maybe not to that line, but by the end of the summer, we were getting really close to that line. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I still like you. I don't ever (laughs) want to not like your face. So let's... That was actually one of the many reasons we went back to the city. Yeah, we need it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. That sounded worse than I meant. (laughs) I completely understand what you mean. I love you. I love you too. I love your face. I love your face too. So, Brandon, has the relationship with Danica changed your perspective on life? Oh, absolutely. How so? Honestly, the biggest thing, and I don't know how honestly would have come by this otherwise, um, patriarchy, my friend. (laughs) Man, is that running rampant. (laughs) It would be things where, where I'd always heard bad things before. I'd be like, that's terrible. Well... I don't do this, and so I think that's okay that I don't do this. But then realizing that, of course, that's not quite enough. You need to, at the very least, be vocal about why these things shouldn't happen, especially uh, having coming from a place of privilege, uh, being a white cisgendered male. By default, people tend to have open ears for you anyways, and you can say the same things, uh, and they'll be like, that's a good idea, man with ideas. So she she really opened my eyes up to a, a lot of that kind of thing and how to be more mindful about things. And that's that's one of the biggest things that Danica has taught me. So I gather from talking to you guys, you enjoy Doctor Who. <laughs> Slightly, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I picked up on that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weirdly a foundation for our relationship. <laughs> Which Doctor Companion relationship most resembles you guys? That's tough because a lot of people die and end up unhappy. <laughs> in in the good in the good times. When, when times are good, yeah. Um, I would say for uh, the more loving relationship part, probably uh, Tenant and Rose. But for the uh, bantery part, uh, Tenant and Donna. I was gonna say Donna, but then I'm like, oh, yeah. but isn't. Aren't I just crushing your spirit every day then? <laughs> no, no. Donna she, was the best thing for the doctor. So I like that she, uh, they were friends, but she called him out when he was being a dummy. Yeah. And I, 
I, I do that. Exactly. I think I do. Yeah. Sometimes you're a dummy, and sometimes I'm a dummy, and you call me out too. Yeah. So exactly. like we we have a very equal partnership, mm-hmm. and there's love, but there's like a huge amount of respect. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Danica. What was it about Brandon that made it clear to you that he was the one? Besides everything? <laughs> Besides everything, you need one thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Knowing he'd be there no matter what. Because we've gone through a lot of stuff. And every time every time I try to push him away, because I do that, he stays and he fights for it. He fights for us, even mm. on days when I don't. And that's huge. Even if I'm, you know, kind of having a tough day and I'm just like, everything is terrible, obviously. He's like, no, it's not. It's it's super great. And tomorrow it'll be better. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Brandon? Her compassion and, again, like just how, how deeply she feels things. Sometimes it's part of the reason why she ends up having bad days. And it's sometimes it's because she feels the world around her. And sometimes it can lift her up so high and sometimes it can drop her down so low. Like she does, she says that she'll she'll try and push away, but she tends to only push me where I can still reach her. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in iTunes because there are many more love stories to be told. I'd like to thank Jacek Chocolate Couture for spreading joy in the form of chocolates, generously provided for my guest today. The music for The One is I Love You Oddly by Rebecca Angel. You can hear more from Rebecca on iTunes or at ReverbNation.com backslash Rebecca Angel. Until next time, here's a quote from the 10th Doctor. There's a lot of things you need to get across this universe. A warp drive, wormhole refractors, but you know the thing that you need most of all? You need a hand to hold. And if there's one